Great news. Side Retired is now partnered with SeatGeek. For all ticketing needs, go to SeatGeek.com and use promo code SideRetiredPod for $20 off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including postseason baseball, the NFL, and NHL. Yes, this means we're officially taking you out to the ballgame. And now for today's edition of Side Retired Podcast. Well, James, welcome to the official start of the World Series. Technically, it is Wednesday, October 26th. The World Series will start in two days. But we have a special episode coming up with H-Town Wheelhouse, who you guys remember from earlier this summer, a diehard Astros fan. So we figure we'd give you the unbiased opinion first, and then we'll get into the, obviously, the Astros perspective and the Phillies, uh, the Phillies perspective in upcoming episodes later this week. But James, the Yankees are gone. As are the Padres, there are two teams left. Your thoughts overall on this World Series? Yeah, I think it'll be a great matchup. I think, uh, yeah, the Astros are the best team in the American League uh, advance. And, uh, I mean, I think the hottest team in baseball overall, the Philadelphia Phillies, advanced for the NL side. So it should be a great matchup between two, uh, between a really good team and a team that's just been on fire as a recent. And today what we're going to do is we're going to break down each position player by player, giving you the Philly starter and the Astro starter. James will give his perspective on who he believes is the superior of the two. And then we'll have David Halpert, the mystery man, giving five bold predictions slash takes for the upcoming series. He'll be joining us at the very end of the episode. So I'll give you a nice little 10 minute recap of what to expect in the upcoming days. We'll start off with the catchers. Pretty straightforward on this one, James. It's JT Realmuto, arguably the best catcher in the entire sport, versus Martin Maldonado. Yeah, so I think obviously we're going to have to give this edge to Realmuto. Uh, I'd say defensively, they're pretty even. Um, and then, I mean, Realmuto is just an, an, an awesome hitter. Uh, he has a lot of speed as well at the catcher position. Um, so I'd, I'd say pretty handedly, this is a 1-0 um, if we're going to tally it up, uh, Philly's advantage so far. Reese Hoskins has been one of the hottest hitters in the National League and the entire postseason. Hoskins faces off against Yuli Gurriel in the first base battle between the Astros and the Phillies. Yeah, so I mean, Gurriel, Hoskins have both been on fire this postseason. Uh, I'm going to have to give Hoskins the edge. I think playing in Houston plays to his advantage. You know, shorter left field, he really likes to pull the ball uh, down the line and left. So I'll, I'll give a narrow edge and put the Phillies up 2-0. And Hoskins definitely has the advantage of being the hotter hand. Guriel has really struggled so far this postseason, as has the second baseman of the Astros, Jose Altuve. He faces off against Phillies star second baseman Gene Segura. So Altuve versus Segura, probably if you ask this question at any other time, it's an easy advantage for the Astros. But Altuve, Martin, his worst slump of his career. Your thoughts on these two guys? Yeah, although Altuve's in a slump, I'm still going to lean his way. Um, Segura, while he has been clutch this postseason, uh, nothing outrageous numbers-wise. Um, Altuve can get hot and can strike at any moment. Uh, so I'll go Altuve. And he's been playing excellent defense for the Astros as well, even though he hasn't been able to to uh, to be hitting uh, so far this postseason. The ALCS MVP was Jeremy Pena. He faces off against fellow rookie Bryson Stott. I know we'd initially said Alex Bregman should have been the ALCS MVP, but Pena deservedly so as well probably one of the best young players in the game and probably the AL 
rookie of the year runner up behind Julio Rodriguez. Is this an Astros easy victory? Yeah, I mean, Pena's been absolutely absurd this uh, this postseason. You know, everyone was kind of saying, oh, he's a fastball-only kind of hitter. Uh, he's shown he can hit more than just the fastball uh, so far this playoffs. Uh, he's really been the only con- uh, consistent guy. I guess you could say Bregman in the CS, but, I mean, Pena in the DS and CS has been consistent on offense, putting up huge numbers, leading this team in his rookie year uh, to the World Series. So it's a, a huge uh, Astros by a lot and Pena by a lot uh, in that position one of the tougher of the two uh, positions to match up it's alex bregman who has again been insane throughout the postseason and has a repertoire of being a star third baseman over the past couple of postseasons facing off against alec bohm who now officially loves it here in philadelphia as opposed to what he said at the beginning of the season bohm gonna hit for power especially in that short crawford boxes in left field against bregman the world series veteran who you got there yeah, I mean, Bohm's been excellent. Uh, his defensive play has definitely stepped up so far, you know, as, as the season has continued to go on. Uh, but Alex Bregman's just a different animal in October. Um, I'd say it's it's not a it's not a, not a blowout, but I'd definitely say Bregman has uh, edges out Bohm uh, as the better third baseman of the two. This one is arguably the toughest position. I think I would put a star on it that it is the toughest position, that Jordan Alvarez versus Kyle Schwarber, two of the best sluggers in the game, not known for their defense. Jordan hit really well against the Seattle Mariners in the wild card round or in the ALDS round. He struggled against the Yankees. A great job of the Yankees pitchers to avoid him reaching that short porch. Kyle Schwarber, an amazing postseason hitter, 2016 with the Cubs. We all know what he did in the World Series for them that year. He's hoping to replicate that again here this October. Schwarber versus Alvarez, who's the better left fielder overall? Yes, so I'm going to have to say. As controversial as this is going to sound, I mean, Schwarber is absolutely unbelievable in the playoffs. And I'm going to say he edges out Alvarez in this positional battle. I think he's a little bit more comfortable out there in left field than Alvarez. Um, you know, he's been playing there for a longer time. He he actually moves pretty well for a big guy. Um, and, and you know, when the balls hit to left field to Schwarber, I don't really, you know, go, oh, gosh, is he going to catch it? You know, I, I think Schwarber is going to come down with it. So, I'm going to say Schwarber edges out that battle, and I, I believe that puts us at 3-3 uh, in these position rankings. Next, we have Chaz McCormick, who's a name that Yankee fans probably don't want to hear any more often as he hit the home run off of Garrett Cole, immediately following the blunder between Harrison Bader and Aaron Judge out in right field. He's against Brandon Marsh, who has become a sort of cult hero for the Philadelphia Phillies this postseason so far. Two scrappy center fielders, probably both going to be hitting nine in the order for their team. Maybe Maldonado's nine and Chaz is eight but two guys that are sneaky, good, solid baseball players, not going to move the needle a ton, but who edges it out here in center? Uh, so, yeah, I think I think going into the playoffs, I probably would have said Chaz McCormick, but gosh, Brandon Marsh has been on a tear this postseason. He's arguably been just as good as as Harper and Bohm and Schwarber in these playoffs. Um, really leading a more contact approach for this Phillies lineup, you know, getting on base, uh, turning the lineup back over to Schwarber and Harper and Real Muto, um, you know, the third and fourth time through the, through the lineup. So I'm going to give, uh, I'm going to give Marsh the edge. You know, he's a, he's a really elite defender out there in center. He runs well, uh, plays excellent defense um, and has really shown this, this hit tool uh, in October. So uh I'll give Brendan Marsh the edge over Chas McCormick, but I, I think you can't go wrong either way. 
Marshall was hitting around 350 over the wildcard series in NLDS. He did slump to an 0 for 13 in the LNLCS against the Padres, but now that he's facing off against a different pitching matchup, could see Brandon Marsh continue to go on his tear that he was in the NLDS against the Atlanta Braves. That does put us at a slight advantage for the Philadelphia Phillies. However, this one seems to probably make it even. We have a deep drive in the right field for Nicholas Castellanos, as well as we have Kyle Tucker, the young slugger for the Houston Astros. Yes, so I'd say that Castellanos and Tucker are about even when it comes to hitting. Um, but, you know, Tucker is far and above a better defender than Castellanos. Castellanos gives me Alvarez-type vibes in the outfield. Uh, I don't feel very confident when the balls hit his way, and he seems to make routine plays uh, become sports center top 10 catches. So I'm going to say Kyle Tucker in a big advantage. Um, it's really tough to play right field in Houston. It's a big – it's a lot of ground to cover. Um, it's kind of a tricky – wall and then you got the bullpen out there in right center it's a lot of ground to cover so i think tucker covers that ground well um, and is also someone you have to account for in the running game you know i think we saw uh the announcers on tbs talk about that a lot um i think he was 25 of 29 on the season stolen bases so yeah i'm, I'm gonna say tucker has a pretty good edge over castellanos uh in this one we're gonna start off this dh debate by saying to begin trey mancini is a great baseball player a great story two years ago he was undergoing chemotherapy at this moment and he is now playing and preparing for the world series a truly incredible story and we wish him nothing but the best and success in these upcoming games against the philadelphia phillies with that being said the best player by far playing on either team in this series is the designated hitter the two-time mvp award winner the nlcs mvp award winner bryce harper James, how impressed have you been with Bryce's performance so far this postseason? Yeah, I mean, Bryce Harper's shown – I mean, it is ridiculous that it sounds – I mean, he's shown that he's worth to be every penny. I mean, when you get a guy that's that's been playing the way he has in October, um, it, it's it's incredible. And, I mean, you could say, oh, well, Randy Arozarena went in that crazy run in 2020. I mean, that's a completely different no-fan environment. Um, I'd say there was – no pressure in that kind of environment as well. But I mean, Harper, every time, you know, people look for a reason to scrutinize him, have been looking for a reason to scrutinize him this postseason. The moment gets bigger the next round and, and he, he capitalizes. He, he single-handedly has brought the Phillies to this world series. Honestly, I mean, he had set to go ahead two run shot in the eighth inning um, of game, game five. Uh, you know, he did it versus the Braves multiple times hitting go-ahead homers. Um, so, yeah, he's been absolutely fantastic, unquestionably the NLCS MVP and overall and MVP of the playoffs so far. Um, I think the way I'd, I'd characterize it is he's been playing the way people expected Aaron Judge to play this so far this postseason. Um, he's played the way you'd expect a $325 million player to play in the postseason. Um and, and he will be the X factor in this World Series. If Harper doesn't show up, this Phillies team has no chance. Uh, they don't have anyone else on their team that can that can replace that kind of run production over the course of six or seven games. Um, you know, the Braves did it last year with Eddie Rosario and Jorge Soler, and the Phillies are going to need Bryce Harper to step up and, and keep putting up the numbers he's been putting up this postseason if they want to have a chance to take down this loaded Houston Astros team. Uh, so I'm, Harper by a long shot over Mancini in this matchup. Yeah, and I'm going to divide the starting pitchers into two different categories. We're going to have the front end, which is going to be the team's one and two starting pitchers. And then we're going to have the back end because both teams 
right now have three starting pitchers that are confirmed to be going. However, with the off days, you're likely going to have to use a fourth and maybe even at some point a fifth or sixth will find their way into the bullpen. We're going to start with the front end, and that is Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, the two co-aces of the Philadelphia Phillies facing off against Justin Verlander and Framber Valdez. You could argue that these are four of the top 10 pitchers in baseball at this point. Yeah, you really could. They've both been excellent this postseason, aside from Verlander's game one start of the uh, ALDS. Um, I will say Justin Verlander, 0-6, all-time in the World Series. <laughs> I'm gonna have to, I, you have to bring it up. At this point, it's not just a, a, oh, you know, it's unlucky. Verlander didn't pitch well again. This is a trend. He clearly doesn't throw well in October. I don't know why. I don't have an answer for it. He just he just can't do it. Um. But yeah, I mean, Wheeler and Nola have been excellent this postseason. Um, you know, the Dodgers had seen them multiple times. Um, it, it, sorry, not the Dodgers, sorry, the Padres had seen them multiple times and, and kind of got, didn't really get to them, but uh, scored some runs off of, of Nola and, and Wheeler was very effective, uh, not, not as efficient as he was in the division series versus the Braves. Um, but yeah, I think... I just I have to give the edge to the Phillies. I mean, these guys have electric stuff. I feel like facing Houston for the first time this season, um, you know, even though it's going to be in Houston, I don't think that will give them any trouble. Um, the Astros don't like to hit the high fastball, which Zach Wheeler throws a ton of. Um, and I think Aaron Nola is crafty enough and, and has the stuff to kind of navigate this Astros lineup. You really only have to get through, honestly, one through four. Uh, of the Astros lineup. And then there's, there's really a big downtick in production. So I think that's kind of where the Yankees got killed. They, they did well through one through four and then they, they started walking Maldonado and McCormick uh, and, and letting them get up there with guys on base and, and just hit singles or, or give up extra base hits to guys that, that didn't really have a lot of slug during this regular season. So I think, I think Nola, and Wheeler will be able to limit the Astros' big hitters, uh, and they will capitalize and won't and won't give free passes out to the guys at the bottom of their order. And then we're going to go to the back end of the rotation quickly, and that includes for the Astros, Lance McCullers, Christian Javier, Jose Urquidy, and Luis Garcia. Probably some combination of at least two of those will be starting some games. For the Phillies, you have Ranger Suarez probably getting that game three start. And if I had to put money on it, it's probably Noah Syndergaard getting the game four start. World Series, he has the history. Everyone remembers the 2015 World Series Game 3 where he threw at Alcides Escobar. So he's one of the few players on this Phillies team that does have World Series experience. Definitely not afraid of the big moment. So it's Suarez, it's Noah, maybe it's Bailey Falter versus McCullers, Christian Javier, and Jose Urquidy, Luis Garcia. Yeah, this is where I give a major advantage to the Astros. The Astros have way more depth, uh, quality pitching, I'd say, in their top four rotation. McCullers, Javier have been excellent this year. Um, you know, it it will be hard to pitch to, you know, um, a, a team like in the Phillies that hits right-handed pitching very well. Um, but I, I still think that they have much more quality starters, you know, better than Rangers mm -hmm. Suarez and better than than Faltaire and Syndergaard. So I'd say three through five, I'd, I'd definitely give the Astros a, a major edge on the Phillies. And then uh, our last category. Pitching-wise. Yeah, and then our last category, we have the Astros bullpen, which features Ryan Presley, Rafa Montero, Hector Neres, Ryan Stanek versus the Phillies bullpen, David Robertson, Jose Alvarado, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Zach Eflin, Brad Hand, 
Not really great bullpens on either of these sides. You're calling which one you're going to give the favor to. Um, I'd, I'd have to disagree, Dylan. I think the Astros have a really good bullpen. It's a bullpen that's been slept on all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys like Montero, Abreu, Stanek, Presley, all guys under two ERA. Um, so I think that that's going to be a tremendous advantage for the Astros. Uh, if there's tight ball games heading into the seventh, eighth, and ninth, I feel much more comfortable uh, with the Astros bullpen than I would with the Phillies. Um, Brad Hanton is, is always, always <laughs> liable to explode at any mm-hmm. point. Um, David Robertson hasn't looked that good with the calf since the calf. Uh, and then Sir Anthony Dominguez, I mean, we saw it. Um, wild pitch, you know, if, if the stuff isn't there, he has the chance to be a Roldis Chapman-esque um, in, in not being able to get anything near the zone. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot, of, a lot of question marks still. While they have been good, there's still a lot of question marks in the Phillies bullpen in October as opposed to the Astros bullpen, which I believe has proven itself through the first two rounds of the postseason. Which then leads us to the fact that you just, I don't know if you realized or not, gave us a nice six to six tie in the two categories. So without further ado, your predictions for the series, games, who's winning, and your series MVP. I'm going to go Astros. Astros and six. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the MVP of the series will be Alex Bergman. I love the pick. That is the guy that I had for the ALCS MVP. And as much as I want to root for the Astros, and I do, because as a New Yorker, as a Mets fan, we've been bred to hate Philadelphia. Just like Yankee fans have been bred to hate the Boston Red Sox, New Yorkers hate people from Philadelphia. I know Craig Carton's the one that says Foo Philly all the time. So we are officially adopting that here as well. However, you're asking me who's going to win, not who do I want to win. This might shock you, James. I'm going Phillies in five. It's happening in Philadelphia. They're going to split the series in Houston, and then they're going to run the tables for the three games in Philadelphia. The Phillies will be popping champagne at Citizens Bank Park. Aaron Nola is going to your series MVP after he dominates in game one, and he comes back and dominates in game five, and then that will be the it for the Philadelphia Phillies. All right, so now um, we're going to transition to David Halper, the mystery man. He is here to give us his five bold predictions for the series. James, a great job on today's episode. James will be back with us on Thursday night, Friday morning, depending on when you're listening, when we are with H-Town, Brett Chauncey, the Locked on Astros podcast co-host. He will be giving us a preview from the Astros perspective. So James, anything else you want to throw in before you ditch us? Uh, no, I think it'll be a great series of baseball, and I'm excited to tune in for all, however many games are needed uh, for this World Series champion to be crowned. Sounds good. All right, Gracias, James, you will be back with us later this week. David, let's put the attention now on you. Five questions we want to ask you as our mystery man predictor. You've been surprisingly really good at these bold predictions, mm-hmm, so we're going to mm-hmm. see how it goes today. Who is winning the World Series? I hate to say it. But the Astros. How many games do you think this is going to be in? I think it's also going to be six games. Awesome. And then your AL or your MVP from the Houston Astros. Jordan Alvarez. I like it. You think he's going to get hot all of a sudden. He's going to, he's a great power bat. And how about let's go in years past. There's always that one moment that everyone looks back and remembers. 
from postseasons in the past. Maybe it's Randy Rosa getting hot in that walk-off hit where he scored all the way from first in the 2020 World Series. Maybe it's Jorge Soler going crazy in the 2021 World Series, or it's the Cubs rallying back in 2016 following the rain delay. So what is going to be that moment this year that you look back on and say that's the moment that in 2022 World Series everyone is going to remember? Here's what I think. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, uh, the beginning of the series, the Astros, I predict, to win the first two games. Okay. The Phillies will then win two of the next three games at home, mm-hmm. which means it will be decided in six games. I predict in the bottom of the 10th inning, the game, game six of the World Series will still be tied at zero, a scoreless tie. They decided the Phillies will decide to put Brad Hand to start the inning with Mm -hmm. Jordan Alvarez batting lefty up to the plate. And on the first pitch, and when (laughs) Brad Hand Hand throws the first pitch, Alvarez will hit a walk-off home run to win the World Series and the World Series MVP. Bang. That is what we are talking about, David. Way to go. Bold prediction there. Brad Hand blow up. Jordan Alvarez going to win the World Series MVP. You heard it here first. At Side Retired Pod on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok. I'm sure that prediction will be up there, David. And if that comes true, you are about to become a living legend. All right. The one thing we do want to ask you as a huge Yankee fan we have not heard your opinion yet on the conclusion of the Yankee season. So if you'd like to take a minute or so, tell us what you're thinking, how you're feeling, disappointment. And then the other question I want to ask you is, what's the future of Aaron Judge look like? Your supposed once captain, 62 home runs, came up small in the playoffs, and now there's rumors that he might be leaving you for San Francisco. So where are your emotions at with your favorite team? Honestly... If they would have lost to Cleveland, it would have been more embarrassing. But mm-hmm. but it's even more embarrassing. I don't think they even put up a fight against Houston. Sure, they, they got outplayed in game three, but come on. You couldn't get that big hit. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what I have issues with. I feel like the Yankees absolutely need to get rid of Cashman and Boone at this point. Uh, Aaron Boone is only good as a manager to just get his team into the postseason. When it comes to winning it all, he has them come close. And for Cashman, he has done enough damage. I don't know how much more years we can lose trips to the World Series that we almost made. We hadn't made it since 09. He has to go. And now speaking of Aaron Judge, I'm actually going to bring in Bryce Harper for except a second when it comes to Judge with this. Because in 2019, Bryce Harper left the Nationals for the Phillies. And then in 2019 World Series, the Nationals won without Bryce Harper on their team. And Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to say this. If the Phillies do not win the World Series and they fail to capitalize on that World Series fail, Mm -hmm. 
what how many years Bryce Harper has left in Philly? Bryce Harper will go down as one of the best players to never win at all. Okay. But now that let me get let me yeah, say how does why that get this, to judge? It gets to judge by this. Judge did great this past season in the regular season. He did not show up for the postseason. I don't right. care if he was off. I don't care if he was overthinking it. You have to swing at the pitches you're supposed to swing at, and you can't overswing at everything. Um, and I'm worried for Judge. If he signs with a different team, and of course for Bryce Harper, he doesn't win the World Series with the Phillies this year. Let's say Judge also signs with a team that didn't make the postseason for a while after you left the team that made postseason a year ago, like Bryce Harper did. Bryce Harper and Aaron Judge could end with similar careers. Great in the regular season, okay years in the postseason, but never gotten a ring. Mm -hmm. So that's why I fear... Judge wants all the money in, in the world that he thinks he's deserved because of his regular season. Be because of the postseason mess he created, not hitting like what, two home runs? Mm -hmm. That's not what you do. You got to get on base and hit, hit the ball into the gap, score RBIs. He was just completely off in the whole postseason, even if he got unlucky. All so. Right. So I'm hoping he doesn't go down the same path that Bryce Harper could end his career off right now. But I'm just hoping that's not the case with both men. All right. So gun to your head. We have to ask you the question. Give us an answer. Opening day 2023, Aaron Judge will be a member of the. I mean, it's very tough. Take your Yankee fan bias out of it. I, I, I don't know, man. If I'm going to say if, if he wants to go to a team that he thinks will win it all after not getting the contract with the Yankees, mm -hmm. honestly, you may think I'm crazy, but – if this team ha can find a way to make enough money mm -hmm. for room for the guy, yes, I would. I would not be surprised. Let's see where so they can so that so they can actually get back and maybe this team upset the Dodgers. I think he could possibly, if there's room, sign with the Padres. Bravo. It, that is that's a take I have not heard from a lot of people. So that is because if they make enough room in the cap space and bring in Judge, they have Soto, they have Machado. If he's smart about it, he should not go to the Giants yet. He should not I don't he should not go to any of the ALS teams in the in the division if he doesn't want to resign. Mm -hmm. Because he's gonna get booed no matter what. Well, you know, but even more booed in the AL is Yankees. You know, well, you know the one place he'll get booed the most. 
Yankee Stadium. Well, no, like what team, if he goes to this specific team, he'll get booed the most. That would be uh, if he decided to put on the orange and blue next year. And, right, yeah. And he came across down to us. But obviously, we will have more time. David will be on with us in the offseason again, talking free agency predictions. But David, thank you so much. We are looking forward to this World Series. Definitely yep. check out the YouTube for David's birthday shout-outs. He recently did one for the one he just mentioned, Juan Soto. So definitely right. check out all of those as well as all of our great episodes and interviews above and below this one. So until the next time, for David, Dylan, James, and Jack, the side is retired.